We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The injury storm from 2021 just won't blow through and leave the 2022 Ravens with sunnier days. Yeah, Sarah, John Harbaugh has announced season-ending injuries to both left tackle Jawan James and cornerback Kyle Fuller. The question now becomes, how will their respective position groups be affected as a result? We'll discuss. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It's Tuesday, September 13th, and this is your morning Ravens vault. So Sarah, one NFL analyst says the Ravens defensive line unleashed holy hell on Joe Flacco. We'll take a closer look at the group's dominant performance from Sunday. Plus, Lamar Jackson showed that he can lead the team to victory even when the ground game is stuck in neutral. And the national media took notice. We have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, which is now available on YouTube, where you get the most important Ravens news in just 15 minutes. You know, I just don't know what it is about injuries and these Ravens, Sarah, but they just cannot seem to shake their bad luck that started all the way back in the beginning of 2021. Yeah, and it's really no fault of their own this time around as John Harbaugh has been ultra conservative with playing time for starters, and he has taken a cautious approach with returning players' timelines. But despite it all, Harbaugh announced that left tackle Juwan James and cornerback Kyle Fuller are done for the year. Now with Fuller, Harbaugh was initially told Sunday that there was some hope for him but after seeing the MRI Monday, it was confirmed he tore his ACL. And Bobby, watching the CBS broadcast and seeing the pain Fuller was in, this doesn't come as a big surprise. Fuller is now down on the ground. Ravens training staff running out to look at Kyle Fuller, and you could tell by his teammates' reaction that it's a very serious injury. We've been told that we should not show the replay on that. Sarah, it was really hard to watch Fuller in that moment, and it's really too bad because he was fitting in so quickly. Yeah, that's exactly what Harbaugh said about the Baltimore native. Well, he was playing good football, too. I think he really, really, uh, he'll tell you, he really loves it here, you know, and uh, his mom's here, and he just uh, liked everything about what we were doing, and he fit in so well and was playing good ball in the game and all, really all camps, such a serious guy, so, so determined him. He'll come back stronger than ever uh one of those things you know just a crazy uncircumstance on an astroturf 
you know, got pushed off and just landed the wrong way in the turf, and the turf doesn't usually give as much as grass. So that's what happened. So as Fuller now moves into a surgery and rehab phase, we obviously wish him the best and hope that Harbaugh's words do come true and that he comes back even stronger. But Sarah, in the meantime, how does his loss affect the cornerback position? Well, I mean, Fuller was already a backup contingency plan for Marcus Peters. That's partly what he was signed for. And Marcus Peters didn't dress as he still works his way back from an ACL injury. So Fuller started the game and played 95% of the defensive snaps, and it probably would have been 100% had he not been injured. He was a solid veteran backup, Bobby, and he hadn't missed a game in five straight seasons. So this is a loss for the Ravens. Now, Baltimore will lean now more heavily on second-year player Brennan Stevens, who played 69% of snaps Sunday, and also rookies Jalen Armour-Davis and Pepe Williams. Yeah, Sarah, it's not a good sign to see the Ravens have to dig into their depth so early in the season, but... While these guys that you just mentioned can hold down the fort for a little while, the real question is, like, when will Marcus Peters be back? What do you have on that? (laughs) Nothing. That's the exact question. Peters has been practicing for a couple weeks, so it's always been in a limited capacity. He was also seen, Bobby, doing an extensive workout before the Jets game, including running the stairs at MetLife Stadium. He's reportedly looked great in practice, so I don't know if he's just not quite ready yet or if the Ravens were being cautious with the rain and their astroturf in New York, but I expect him any week now. Okay, then let's turn to Jawan James next. He was playing in his first game in three years, and according to Harbaugh, he tore the exact same Achilles that he tore last time. So 2021, he was dealing with the torn Achilles. In 2020, he opted out because of the pandemic. Tough blows. Yeah, he's now torn that tendon twice in just 16 months. So it makes you feel bad for the guy being that he just he just got back from more than a year of grueling rehab work and has to go right back to it. So, But even though it's the same tendon, it turns out it's a different type of injury. Harbaugh explains here. James has a torn Achilles. It's the same one. It's a little bit of a different tear. It's not. It's, it's off the bones. It's not the one that is mid-tendon. So he's, uh, he's determined. He's, he says he's in a way better place than he was last time, and he's determined to come back in time. So, Sarah, this is just like the scenario with Fuller filling in for an All-Pro, right? James was also filling in for an All-Pro at left tackle and Ronnie Stanley. And just like we don't know exactly when Peters will return, we don't quite know when Stanley will return either. The feeling is both will be back in the next couple weeks, but we won't know until we actually see it. Meanwhile, good old Patrick McCarry. He came in and really had a solid day protecting Lamar Jackson's blind side. He did a good job. You know, Patrick's a guy, you know, I just talking to him after the game and just uh, just always appreciate that. You know, he plays all the positions. You never really know where he's going to be called on to, to play. That's why he's so valuable and uh, played very well. And one last note here, Bobby. It was somewhat surprising to see Nick Boyle inactive for Sunday's game. He is obviously still working back to 100% from that knee injury, but he also popped up on the injury report with a new ankle injury. But that said, he was a full participant in Friday's practice heading into the game, so it seemed like he would go and was fine health-wise. But Harbs went in another direction anyway. Yeah, we're just trying to put the best guys out there based on all the factors, you know. And that's, uh, you know, Nick's got the factors with the, the knees and the ankles and things like that and kind of getting back into the swing of things. And, 
you know, you got Josh, we got a number of guys who are healthy and stuff like that, completely healthy. So, you know, that's going to be week to week, really, with the different players. And Nick's doing a really good job. You know, I, I, I know Nick is, is chomping at the bit to play, and I'm pretty sure you'll see him out there sometime soon. Still to come here on the vault, unpacking a dominant performance by the Ravens defensive line. Stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Bobby, as we had projected all offseason long, the Ravens revamped and rejuvenated defensive line put a stamp on Sunday's week one win over the Jets. Yeah, Sarah, that group sure did. So much so, John Harbaugh had this to say about their efforts. They'll be the position group of the week for sure. Uh, they'll get the award on that. They were dominant in, in you know, really every way. I mean, you know, they're mad. I talked to the guys and I talked to them in the weight room a little bit earlier. Some of the guys and they'll they'll bring up the play they did, the player two they want back. You know, which I appreciate about those guys. But very physical, very downhill. Pads were down. Uh, a lot of pocket push. You know, I thought they did a heck of a job. There is no question. It was nothing short of a collective team effort up and down the line with Michael Pierce, Justin Matabike, Justin Houston, and Calais Campbell all contributing to what became. An uncomfortable afternoon in the pocket for Joe Flacco. <laughs> that poor guy. The pressure came early and often from the interior defensive line, which, as we discussed in our post-game instant reaction episode, was a welcome sight given the inconsistency from that specific position group in recent seasons. Sarah, you know I got to show some love, some extra love to my defensive MVP from week one. That's Michael Pierce, of course, back for a second stint in Baltimore. He had himself a game. Just the way he played yesterday was the way he's been practicing all through training camp. And, you know, Michael's a pro. He's a good guy. He really matters to him. I think he's very motivated and determined to have a great year. And he had a great start yesterday. I mean, he was dominant. You know, not the whole D-line was dominant, but he was right there, man, leading the charge. Sarah, this is a great example of a player who doesn't necessarily jump off the page at you when checking the box score, right? Like, don't be fooled, though. As our guy Cole Jackson from Ravens Twitter knows, the tape never lies. And I think that perfectly describes the game that Michael Pierce put in on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, the tape never lies, and pro football focus didn't lie on this occasion either. As of Sunday night, Justin Matabike and Pierce were the second and third highest-graded Week 1 defensive tackles of the entire NFL. Sarah, I'll leave you with this from NFL analyst and former player Brian Baldinger. You can find the corresponding video on his Twitter account. At Baldy NFL. The Ravens unleashed a holy hell of pressure on ex-Raven quarterback Joe Flacco. 
It was relentless, a relentless barrage of pressure. So Lamar Jackson showed us a little bit of everything in the Ravens thumping of the Jets in week one, right? Short passes, sidearm passes, no look passes, bombs deep, and of course his signature magic while evading defenders and getting first downs with his legs. Yeah, and after a slow start, he certainly put on a show. But, Bobby, what has people buzzing is that while he did show flashes of magic with his legs, he rarely used them all game. He only put up 17 yards rushing. It was his arm that had national media buzzing, particularly undisputed Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Take a listen. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. I'm talking about sensational. One of his better games that he's played. Very, very clean game. Never put the ball in harm's way. You can win with that. He threw the ball yesterday about as well as I've ever seen him, and I am a big fan of his yes, ability to throw the football. It's not always the prettiest, sweetest, sort of Brady-esque motion, but he throws spirals, and he throws strikes, and he throws deep rainbows that are money. Mm-hmm. And that throw to, uh, Bateman. to Bateman was just on the button, man. It, it was. It doesn't get any better than mm-hmm. that. And the throws to Duvernay, and I'm always. I've been a big fan of Duvernay since he haunted me at Texas game after game after Oklahoma Texas game. The point is, I believe in Lamar Jackson's guts. I believe in his backbone. He, he is a baller by nature. Yeah. And what's impressive to me, Bobby, is not that it was just Jackson that didn't run a lot. We've seen that before. But usually when that's happened before, there's been some semblance of a run game. Right. I mean, in week one, there was little to nothing going on the ground, right? In fact, as an offense as a whole, the Ravens accumulated just eight first-half rushing yards. That's the fewest in the Jackson era, Sarah. That was according to NFL.com. So we both know that Baltimore is going to have to get that fixed as soon as possible. That is a part of their DNA. Yeah. Absolutely. And Bobby, my guess is they will eventually figure it out. But in the meantime, for Jackson to take over solely with his arm when literally nothing else was working on offense is certainly notable. And on top of that, the Jets were taking away his favorite target in Mark Andrews. ESPN's Ryan Clark had a great basketball analogy for it all. I think, though, like for, for me, this is like when you get a great dunker that starts to learn to move his game out away from the rim to not have to get banged up, right? You look at Lamar Jackson yesterday against the Jets. You don't need to run like that playmaker, but I believe when you get into the AFC North, right. it's those you're big games, to. you're going to have to run, and he will do it because he's about winning. Yesterday, he did what he had to do to win, and it was to push the football down the field to open receivers. And an added bonus to Jackson developing his you know jump shot borrowing from Clark's analogy is that it's just another thing that opposing defensive coordinators have to spend time game planning for here's Stephen A. Smith and Clark again week to week he can walk in and let's say for example it's week eight right and he hasn't ran the football enough they the opponent for week nine will still be petrified I, game planning for him that. running the football because that. that's how electrifying he is. So I'm not concerned I, I, about I, I that when it comes to that. Stephen, I, I talked to the there. Cincinnati Bengals defense coordinator. There are two days dedicated to the Baltimore Ravens offense in training camp right. because they're so different based on what Lamar Jackson can do.
And before we jump, some other quick news items you need to know, beginning with the real reason behind Jets cornerback DJ Reed's celebration after picking off Lamar Jackson in fourth quarter garbage time on Sunday. Third down and six. Jackson looking deep down the sideline, intercepted! Great catch by DJ Reed! There will be some scrutiny after that. You went and you knelt, knelt at, the, at the logo. There's going to be some people that say, why do you do that at that time? I'm Is it just no, a no, play? No, no, no. That was a. So my dad passed away literally right before this game. So oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Man. All good, bro. So oh. I, all, yeah, I was emotional, still yeah. emotional. My dad literally told me my dad passed away. So that pick was for my dad. It wasn't. It wasn't celebrating with the scoreboard. That was. That was much deeper than football. Elsewhere, after an underwhelming regular season debut as a Raven. John Harbaugh had this to say about his rookie tight end, Isaiah Likely. You know, first game, first real game. He did okay. You know, he did some good things. But, you know, we can't have a holding block in the prim uh, call on the perimeter. I mean, it's happened in the preseason two or three times, and now it comes up this game. No, that's not cool. That's not all right. Why does it happen? Because your footwork, your footwork, your angle, and your target are wrong. But, you know, we had a veteran guy. You know, another guy uh, had, had one of those on the perimeter as well. You know, that caught, those are those are very costly. That takes away big runs and gets drive started. So, uh, and that's just fundamentals. That's being on the right angle and being on the right target. So, that's the one I'm not going to be as nice to him about. You know, some of the other stuff. Listen, man, you can go make those catches. Yeah, they weren't they weren't perfectly thrown because you know the quarterback's getting you the ball, but he's also trusting you to make those catches. So, and you you can make them. You make them every day in practice. I'll probably tell him that. You know about some of those those catches he had a chance to make. Ravens linebacker Patrick Queen played every single defensive snap in Sunday's win and finished with eight tackles, three quarterback hits, and a half sack. Harbs loved what he saw. Well, we were hoping you know that he'd be a three-down linebacker, and he's he's earned that during training camp. You know, I well, I wasn't anticipating him being out there for 84 plays. You know, that's that's a little much, but that's kind of on us too. You know, all the whole team. And finally, reigning Defensive Player of the Year, T.J. Watt is seeking second and third opinions on his torn pectoral muscle. If doctors determine surgery is necessary, Watt's season would likely be over for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thanks for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged in to all things Ravens. So if you love our show, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. We can also be reached by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And as of last week, the Ravens Vault podcast is now available on YouTube. Consider subscribing to our channel ahead of week two. All you have to do is simply search Ravens Vault podcast on YouTube. Yeah, that's all the time we've got today, but we will be back on Wednesday with the Ravens news you need to know. So come on back and start your day with us here on the Ravens Vault. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.